Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us today at dredhill.podbean.com. We are in a series from the Gospel of Matthew entitled Matthew's Messiah. Matthew is trying to show his own people, the Jewish people, that Jesus Christ is the long-promised Messiah and that, in fact, he is the Savior of the world, of all who will believe in him. So the title of this episode today for Sunday, October 24, 2021, is The Shadow of Death. Now, as I record this episode, we're only nine weeks away from the worldwide celebration of the birth of Christ, traditionally at Christmas. Yet the shadow of death lay across the crib of Christ. The cross was his burden and his alone as he walked in the shadow of death to his cross on our behalf in Jerusalem. His earthly destiny was death, that believers might have life. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, as we go forward, increasingly, the Lord is drawing near the end of his earthly life, his earthly ministry, and he more and more fully reveals who he is to his disciples and prepares them for the end and a new beginning. He predicts his death, followed by his resurrection and victory over death. Jesus predicts both his sacrificial death and his physical resurrection. What we're going to read today happens six days after Peter's supernatural confession given to him from God the Father that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And the prediction that Jesus made in Matthew 16, that not many days after, that some of them would see him come in his glory. And that's what we see fulfilled right here. Three of the disciples are going to see the glory of Christ, and they're going to see Moses and Elijah alive, speaking with Jesus about his coming exodus, his departure, his death in Jerusalem. And I believe they were worshiping the Lord because he's God and they're not, and they loved him. Now, let's go to Matthew 17, verses 1 through 13. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, 
Why then say the scribes that Elias must come first? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. Now let's back up a few verses here. Notice that when Peter speaks, he comes up with the idea that it's just great to be there. Let's build three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, and Elijah. But you know, that's equating the three as equals, and that's not true. Jesus is God. So if there were to have been built a tabernacle there, there would only be for Jesus. You understand that? Then, in order to clarify that for Peter, the Father speaks out of this cloud, this Shekinah, the same cloud that was over the tabernacle in the wilderness. This is the glory of God. And he was told to that Jesus is the Son of the Father, and they should listen to Him. And I, I believe it means Him alone. That is, there's no one equal to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that under, understandable for you? Does that make sense? But we notice that Jesus again mentions the shadow of this cross, this death that is before Him. Let's go to Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye, ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Notice here, the Lord says that it's not the, the amount of faith, because a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny seed. He's saying they just didn't have faith. They had unbelief operating, not faith. So it's not really the largeness of your faith or how much you have, it's who it's in. And so he teaches them a very important lesson here that they will take to heart as they become apostles later. Matthew 17, verses 22 and 23. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. Now they heard the first part about the crucifixion and the death, 
but they didn't really hear the last part about the resurrection. We're kind of like that sometimes too, aren't we? Then look at Matthew 17, verses 24 to 27. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money, that's tax money, came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. So Jesus tells Peter to go fishing, but not the way he usually would with a net, but to use a, a line and a hook. And that when he pulls up that very first fish, the tax money will be in his mouth. And notice the Lord pays not only his tax, but Peter's too. I love that. Listen, as we close Matthew 17, the primary thing from Matthew 17 that should be on your heart and mind is a shadow of death that lay across the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came so that your sins and mine could be paid for, that we could be forgiven, that we would be given new life in Him, forgiven and free and have His life living in us and we could live with Him eternally. Many of you listening have become Christians, but some of you may not have. I want you to write down this number, 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. Call that number. Someone will speak with you about how to have Jesus Christ become your Savior and Lord. And that way, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. You will be welcome into heaven and live with the Lord eternally instead of following Satan and everyone else into an eternal hell. I have some good news for you here in Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. First, the bad news. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. Here's some more bad news. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. In a very real sense, every one of us who are born have the shadow of death laying across our life. We will all one day die if the Lord doesn't come before we die, right? We will all one day die, but for many of you who are listening who are not born again, you are not yet believers in Christ, you will actually have two deaths. You will have your physical death and an eternal death in hell separated from God forever. Read it again. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see from Romans 3.23 and the first part of Romans 6.23, we're in trouble. But we see at the 
the last half of Romans 6, 23, God wants to give us a gift, a gift of eternal life, and that is through a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Well, I hope that you will trust Him today as your Lord and Savior. And I hope that if you have questions and you need help, that you will call the number that I gave you. You can even go to chataboutjesus.com and someone will chat with you about how to move from death to life through faith in Jesus Christ. I hope that you will subscribe to this podcast, follow it, even share it right where you are with someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ today. And I welcome all of those listening in the United States and Canada, Russia, Australia, New Zealand, and parts unknown. You are so welcome here, and God bless every one of you. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye.